0: betting preview podcast from pregame.com
1: pregame.com
0: broadcasting straight from the las vegas strip
2: vegas baby
0: with your host rj bell i saw him on espn
1: can i call marco daddy vr seems wild
2: Welcome to a sports betting podcast from Pregame.com for the week of October 8th, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, a genuine professional batter here in Vegas. This is segment one of five, a free pick on the Florida LSU game, and then we're going to do a preview of the game, too. First off, what we always do is get a line report from Vegas
1: runners, so give us a line report. This one opened up offshore, Chris, for the following week's games at 11 and a half. Um, no one else opened it until a little later because of the Tebow question mark. And it opened up at nine and a half elsewhere as soon as Chris got a little money on the dog on LSU. Um, so the line was pretty much nine and a half dropped from 11.5 down
2: to 9.5. So at the 11.5, was the, it only one out that yeah, had it? Yeah, that had it, yes. So one one book in the whole world had it. Yeah, that, okay. that had
1: it 11.5. The rest opened it at 9.5, but he, they also got LSU money right away and dropped down all the way to 7. I had seen it. Today it's sitting around 8.
2: Okay. Now, the whole Tebow thing, that's one of the reasons we picked, well, it's a big game, but a nice reason that we picked this game, to, one of the games to talk about, is the idea is how do you handicap injuries so there's really two ways to do it one way is you wait until the information's available and you might have to wait 15 minutes before the game but at a certain point you're gonna know if the guy's gonna play or not Um, in the NFL it's easier because they have an inactive list that comes out uh, about an hour before the game if I'm not mistaken where you know if they're on the inactive list they're not playing and if they're on the active list chances are they're playing because why would they have them active right so, now, another way to do it is you bet earlier in the week and you try to project the likelihood of them being, uh, of that player playing. Um, so, before I, it's really, if you think about it, almost mathematical. Any thoughts before I go into maybe the math of that, uh, Marco, on how you handle injuries?
0: Well, in college, it's different than in the NFL. Um, in the college, you don't always have that backup guy that can step right in. I mean, in the pro level, you know, generally there's going to be a drop-off, but it's not as severe. And what I found in the NFL is the rest of the team takes it up another notch, you know, plays at a higher, you know, intensity level and compensates for the loss, at least so you're for that saying if you group.
2: know the, So you're saying if you know the guy's out, yes. what you tend to see is the first week, the public overreacts to them being out, and that's the week where the team steps up and replaces them. And they usually play, they usually play better that week than expected.
0: Absolutely, and you're getting a, the better of the line value because of the public perception of the game.
2: Then what happens is in the week two, if the team does do better than expected without them, if the person's still out, then the public says, oh, he's not that important, and then there's a letdown factor from the team, so it's a double whammy to then fade that team.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one thing to consider, the big thing to consider in this game, is even if Tebow plays, Tebow is a quarterback that is such a big part of the offense, and the fact that he took a concussion, a very bad concussion. Not his, will his first they all- either. Will they alter the game
2: plan? Are you
1: sure? Because I, I was hearing press reports are saying this was his first concussion. See, and, that, and that's what I heard when I was talking to you about earlier when we were prepping for the show, that it isn't his first concussion, and that's what the worry was. Hmm. So I don't know. I told There's a lot of rumors coming out. He is going to play. He's not going to
2: play. A lot of things with concussions, too, is that you don't always know. You always hear about these guys that supposedly have had 30 concussions. Right, right, right.
0: But my point is that even if he does play, you have to think that Florida is going to alter their game plan because they're not going to have him running the ball like he does. I mean, he averages 14 rushes a game so far this year.
2: Wow, that's a great point. So, so we're saying if he does, even if he plays,
0: he's not going to be 100% and they're going to have to change the game plan. You're not going to want him to be running the ball and taking hits. And he's, you know, he's had 55 rushes this year for 271 yards and five touchdowns. He's accounting on the ground for 67 yards a game with his feet. Do you want to take that chance for him? To, you know, I mean, he's fair game whenever he's a running back
2: all right so that's a that's a great point now let's take a minute and talk about the takeaway that you had earlier about injuries in general is once a player is deemed to be out look for the team to step up in game one that he's out and the public to overreact to his absence which means value on the team that's losing the player then in game two is the team lets down a little bit because you can only step it up so much, and the public likely is impressed in the way the team played in the first game, so you look to fade them. Now that's in the game two. That's a very general, you don't do it all the time, but that's where you want to, you want to always be looking to the under, you want to be looking to the dog. There's always biases. And, 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 and you don't always bet the under, you don't always bet the dog, but you'd rather, I'd rather, like you said, play on the team the first game that they have an injured player out as later, a key player.
0: Later in today's show, or in a different segment when we do the Monday night game, we're actually going to be talking about this because you had that in the Miami game last week. It was the first game without Pennington.
2: Okay, that's a good point. All right, so actually I'm the one giving my free pick on this game, so I'll talk about that first and let uh, the guys counterpunch a little bit, is I'm going with Florida here, and I'm saying play it now. And the reason to play it now is this Florida team is deep. And, yeah, you don't just replace TiVo, but this is a very deep team. This this is an LSU team that was getting three and a half at Georgia. They played a good game. But but let's be honest, this is a team that people are, are, the wise guys are not super impressed with LSU. And here's the key to this pick for me is – In this internet age where every piece of information gets old within 24 hours, no matter what happens, everyone's sick of it 24 hours later, people have been sick of saying how good Florida is. And the fact of the matter is, they've been, they're have been they just as good as anyone thought. They haven't done anything to make you think otherwise. But there's just a general one or two point or two or two and a half point adjustment, I think, downward here based upon talk that Alabama might be better or Texas might be better. It's just this Internet age where everything gets old fast, people are sick of saying how good this Florida team is. This is a great team, and if if I can get this team where there's an injury bringing the line down, and just the public's tired of it, I want to play Florida here. That's why I'm making it my free pick. Now I am three zero on my free picks Uh-oh. this year. I don't want to make a big deal about. Well, I, you do, want to, you do I, want to. I want to. I want to informationally you to let be them out know there. you're
1: riding the hot horse.
2: Exactly, because they have to decide who they want to back. Exactly. Speaking of that, Marco and I last week for you, uh, longtime listeners or anyone that listened last week, we. Made a nickel bat. That's 500 out there for the uninitiated. And, well, Marco lost. So we're going to have a payoff so everyone gets yeah. a chance to see it. Yeah. But, well, it's if, the VIG. So talk about, as Marco's pulling out, yeah. as the
1: cobwebs and the bats I, fly I, out. What I find interesting is exactly what you said, RJ, uh, that the wise guys uh, you count it, don't sir? think LSU is that strong. <laughs> and I think this move was more injury-related. <laughs> than anything else I don't think it was steamed under I mean on LSU I think it's just injury-related and they're compensating by just in the line and for the money that's expected to come in on LSU because LSU is 5-0 and o. and let's not forget in the AP poll LSU's ranked number four in the country and Florida's number one but when you look at the odds makers poll they have um, LSU down to number seven. So the odds makers agree with RJ. This LSU team is not as strong as the public perceives Right, them, But that's pretty they. close. Yeah, yeah, it's close. But I mean, they're not that top three, top four team. And maybe even their second. But this Florida team might
2: be that much better. And that's what everyone believed early in the year. I'm not sure why not now.
1: According to their ratings, on a neutral field with Tebow in, Florida is 12.5 points better um, than LSU. So...
0: Two quick notes for you. The last eight games at LSU between these two, Florida 7-1 and one against the spread. And as I said about altering the game plan, now I haven't seen a total on this game yet because they were kind of waiting on Tebow. But if Tebow is a go, I think you might want to consider looking at the under in this game. Because the
2: game the line would go up a little bit upon him uh, starting. He's not going to be 100%. I think you're right. I don't think he needs to be 100% to dominate this game, and we're getting value because of the injury. No, and they
1: haven't posted a total yet. Right. Like, they I'm won't post it. It. I made mine 41, so that goes with you. I don't think they'll put it out that low, so I'm looking at the under too. All right. Well, good
2: stuff. Now, this is the end of segment two. Or, excuse me, segment one. We're heading to segment two, in which we're going to be talking, giving you another free pick. And remember, you can watch all of our videos at pregame.tv. Or, if you want to download and listen, you can go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of five, a free pick on the, let me make sure I'm right, Alabama-Mississippi game. And we're going to go straight to our line report from Vegas Runner. Tell us about the lines and odds on this game. Uh, Chris
1: opened this one offshore first at five and a half forty-six. 46 Took a little money on Alabama. Um, rest of the books about a half hour later opened it up at 6.5. Um, since that time, we've seen it balance out around 6, 6.5 anywhere um, between them numbers.
2: That's a little upward action on Alabama.
1: Right, which is expected.
2: All right, for you guys who aren't regular visitors at pregame, Vegas Runner is doing an amazing, and I'm telling you this is uh, amazing. That's Thank the you. only word for it. A line report on Monday afternoon in which he talks about all the big moves and you've been coming back a couple times during the week an update and explaining if you know what the true steam is what we're calling yep. it you just go to pregame.com and click blogs and you see it then you talk about the false steam where it looks like steam but and it's it really, really isn't. not
1: Absolutely. and
2: then you're telling us what the what the odds with the odds maker or excuse me what the bookmakers are thinking about and what the wise guys are thinking about exactly very both valuable. Views, both it's, perspectives. it's like an all joke it's like an education and you get to use it that week in the bag yeah
1: and i follow up pretty much every day in that blog and then write a follow-up blog as well. to let you know the later moves towards the end of the week.
2: And another wise guy we actually have on or not on staff but one of our cappers is Stan Sharp. He does a follow-up yeah. to that and then we have a discussion in the forum so it's really good stuff. It's good. It is. All right now you're you're the one giving the free. Yeah I got to play game. on so this game. So what are we got?
1: I absolutely love Mississippi plus six and a half and this will probably become one of my bigger wagers on Saturday. Um, I think this line's just too high. Let me just get to the bottom line. We we could talk about stats and all that, but the reason I'm betting this game is because this line is just too high. I made the number three, and according to the odds makers poll um, uh, and the AP poll, that's where the difference comes in. Um, the AP has Alabama at three and Mississippi at 20. The odds makers got Alabama at four and Mississippi at 12. So the odds makers saying this Mississippi team is a lot stronger than the public thinks it is. According to them ratings, Alabama should be a seven-point favorite on a neutral field. Minus three, three and a half for home field, and you come up with a line so of about three and a half.
2: So the main, your main reason behind like in Mississippi here is you just think Mississippi's undervalued. Absolutely, I think the line's just it's way too uh, Mississippi's high. Mississippi's undervalued, Bottom that line. simple. And it strikes me, and Marco, you can speak on this, and then we want to hear your feedback on this game, is it's a perfect example. You had a Mississippi team that was ranked fourth, I think, in yeah. the AP at some point. Everyone said, including us here on the show, what has this team done? I, they don't deserve it. They lose a tough, or they lose a game they shouldn't have lost. National TV and, and every on TV, and everyone says, "See, see, they, they were, were overrated." Phone. And there's an overreaction potentially. That's what I see. If if Mississippi is indeed underrated here, it's being on TV and the overreaction to the fact of
1: how highly rated they were to start with. And let's not forget, Bama. Has covered four of their five games this year, so the betters have been rewarded back in back.
0: So, so, what's your thoughts? Well, it's the exact point about the the Mississippi. That game that they lost was a Thursday night game at South Carolina, and in college football, these Thursday night ESPN games, <laughs> the home dogs have been you know almost like gold. You know, it's just tough to win on the road. But I feel Mississippi, and I got to agree with you on this point. Coming off that, having that loss off their back. Now they can play loose. They Pressure's were playing off. with pressure. This team was a top-five team. They've never been a top-five team in football. They were playing with pressure that they didn't know how to do. A little bit of history on this game. The last 17 games, Alabama's 15-2 and two straight up, but they're only 9-8 and eight against the spread. And you've had some dominant Alabama teams and some pretty crappy Mississippi teams over and the years. And not just that, bring it a little closer. The last four have been decided by a combined 14 points. So they play each other tough year in, year out. They do. The only concern that I have with this game is that last year Mississippi went into Alabama as a 12-and-a-half point dog and only lost by four. So if Alabama was looking past them last year, you they, know, won't, this they won't this year. So they will get Alabama's full attention because of that narrow home win last
1: year. Bring it.
2: Well, do I don't know if we have it in our handicap. Who's Alabama got next week?
0: Um, I don't have that no. Why do you
2: want to look ahead in the schedule and then we can talk about it? because that that'd be an interesting question. yeah, it will be hard for them to look ahead Marco's point being the fact they played them close last year might might is sure that Alabama is not going to look ahead, but you got a team that, within the last couple of weeks, was the number four team in the country. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're going,
1: you're going on the road. Their second straight hard, week for Bama playing. It's hard SEC to think team. that they're going to
2: be looking ahead, but I especially don't think they're going to be looking ahead unless they have a really tough game next yeah.
0: week. I'm not. They have South Carolina at home.
1: Yeah, which again, playing against.
0: Uh, it ain't going to be
1: easier than Mississippi. No.
2: Yeah. So, so I think I think that. Uh, all right. So. Why don't you give us your second or third point about why you are back and other reasons you're back in Mississippi?
1: Yeah, I think this Mississippi defense is just very strong. They're not getting enough um, attention for what they've done. They're sixth in the country in points allowed. So when you get a team getting almost a touchdown and they don't allow a lot of points and they're playing at home, I want to back that team. That's, that's situations that
0: I want. They need... Mississippi on offense, they need to be able to run the ball to win this game. The quarterback's need is not going to be able to carry this team. Whenever he gets pressure, last week, even though against the Vanderbilt team, they gave up – he had three interceptions again last week. When they put pressure on him, you got to keep him out of third and longs. And Alabama's got one of the best rush defenses in the country. That's the only problem spot I see in the game.
2: Let me ask a specific question. Is When you look at that Thursday night game, Is there any reasoning behind their performance where they lost a game, that they were
1: big favorites? Uh, No, I didn't overlook it, but I took it as that was a big, big game for South Carolina as well. Um, You know, them Thursday night games like Marco talked about earlier, them them home teams have just done so well. I mean, because the ESPN's there all week or whatever, I mean, it's a big deal for them teams, and they show up. So I think it was a tough spot for Mississippi.
0: A lot of pressure for them. Like I said, the, the, to me, watching that game, it looked like Mississippi was playing tight, tight the whole not, game, not to lose, instead of playing to win. So you're
2: you know? saying this loss might loosen them right, up, exactly. They're almost they're the underdog again, right? Which is historically they're familiar with, but because they are, they did lose in front of everyone. They're underrated.
1: Yeah, I think they are, and I think I don't. I'm not going to go far as saying Alabama's overrated. But I think in this particular game, the public perception has forced the odds maker to send out a higher line than even their
0: ratings if say they, it should be. If they beat South Carolina, they're only getting three and a half here.
1: Yeah, that's in my, what. That's in my what. Opinion. Yeah, I made my line three, three and a half exactly. That's that's why I thought this has a lot of value.
2: Now, since the movement of the line is one of your specialties, and no one can predict exactly what's gonna happen but if you're able to know which way it's moving sixty percent of the time that means six out of ten times you're getting a better line from either acting now or acting
1: later is this line moving to seven? To seven. That's the million-dollar question. That's what I've been trying to figure out to know when to tell my guys to bet it. That's why I haven't uploaded it into the system yet for my clients. Um, I don't think it's going to get to seven, RJ. I think the oddsmakers know that the, the sharp money will grab that seven because they know this line is already a little inflated. Um, I think it's going to come down to how heavy will the public bet Alabama come Saturday. It won't
0: go higher than six. And I don't I'd think. Be shocked. So. If it my goes prediction is, than is it stays at six and a half. That's not to say it won't. so you'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if it Yeah. My prediction it's is the best number you'll get game. is six and a half. So
2: may. So so perhaps play it sooner rather or yeah. later. Yeah. I, I would. I would play it. I now. don't know. You you have got to think the public money on Saturday is going to be on Alabama. It will be. It will be. And tease them down just to have to win the game. All right. So one thing to think about with key numbers that close here is when you have a, a, a line at six and a half. And it could go to 6, it could go to 7. I'm always inclined to wait because if it goes yeah. to 6, you don't lose I've much. lost something. But not much. But if it goes to 7, I've gained more. A lot. Yeah, I so agree. So assuming that it's a 50% chance to go one way or the other when it doesn't stay the same, because if it stays the same, it doesn't matter, I'd rather have the bigger yield if it goes
1: to 7. That's smart. That's smart way to look at it.
2: Okay, good stuff, good pick. So official pick for you i Mississippi? My official pick, Mississippi, plus 6.5. Okay, so we're going to be back in our third segment, and we're going to be previewing. Who are we preview. Oh, we're going to the pros, New England and Denver. Pros. For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. This is segment three of five, and it's a free pick on the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos. Marco's going to be given the pick, but first... Vegas runner, give us a line report.
1: Okay, this one opened up everywhere, three and a half and 43, all across the board, offshore and here in Vegas. Um, money came in from the Sharps right away on Denver and the under. Both are true steam, both were steamed for sure. Um, Sharps took Denver plus three and a half and they bet under 43. We're now looking at three and 41 everywhere. So, again, three is a key number. Correct. So it moving to, from three and a half to three is a big move. And the total, yeah, down to 41, another key total.
2: And here we are, as batters who are playing later in the week, able to make a decision on the game at minus three. Marco, make your case.
0: Well, Denver on our little bet that we heard earlier uh, cost me last week uh, against Dallas. The 4-0, and they're the most counterfeit 4-0 and team in the league. They've beaten Cincinnati, Cleveland, Oakland, and Dallas. They were down 10 nothing to Dallas last week in the first quarter. Romo self-imploded as he normally does. I'm looking this week. you've got New England. They're traveling off of two big home games. They were, you know, last week playing Baltimore and the week before playing Atlanta. This team, Brady. You can see it each and every week. He's getting stronger, more comfortable. Is that, all
2: right, so let's think about that. You watch? Did you watch the Baltimore game?
0: Watched the Baltimore game he last. He looks stronger, to you? He to me, he looks stronger each week. He's his passing. He's getting more of a rhythm. Last week, he even took off and ran the ball a couple times with that knee. Um, this team's heading in the right direction. One thing you're missing here, VR, is the coach. And when we talked about this in Pratt, VR actually likes the other side, which is great because
2: we get the facts out there sure, and let, the, let, and let the audience see what they think. But go ahead, Martin.
0: Who's the coach for Denver? Josh McDaniel. He spent the last eight years in New England. So you would say that that's an advantage to the Denver Broncos. Huge edge. However, it's not, because as we've seen in the past, Belichick, he takes his assistants to school. Look what he did to Mangini the first few years. The Mangini was in New York. Belichick, Horton's been doing good, but he's gone against... Horton? Who's uh, that? Kyle Horton. 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 (laughs) Okay? K-O, baby. <laughs> Just call him K-O. Just call him K-O. He's
1: been <laughs> on fire.
0: He, yeah, but he's not facing Cincinnati, Cleveland, Oakland, right, Dallas' right. defense. Asleep.
2: Cincinnati's 3-1. and one. All right, so, all right. VR, this is kind of crossfire here.
1: I yeah, can't... I'm sorry, RJ. So who do you like? <laughs> li- Why do you like Denver? Like you like Den- Denver? Yeah, I like Denver. I still think they're undervalued. And it looks like the square pick to take a team that's 4-0 and 4-0 against the spread, but it ain't the square side when they're playing New England, who just came off of impressive win against Baltimore, who everybody was crowning the AFC So Let's, t- let's
2: talk about this. One of the Pit- Pittsburgh is your... Former hometown, 46 years there. Mm-hmm. You follow those teams, the Steelers, the Pirates, and the college teams very closely. One of the theories you've put out there, and I think it's a good one, is teams who play the Steelers in one week underperform after because they're beat up. Right. Now wouldn't we say Baltimore certainly is of that level on defense now where they're hurting you and Point you're probably going to feel it next week.
0: They are, but not to the degree of of the Steelers. So you
2: think Pittsburgh in this day in in 2009 is a more physical team than Baltimore?
1: Yes. Ooh. But not by much. I don't even know if they're more physical than Denver. This Denver defense has allowed only 26 points in four games. They're ranked number one in points allowed, ranked number two in yards allowed, top five in every category. They're getting it done with defense without even KO needing to get the job done.
0: Cleveland, Oakland, Cincinnati, Dallas. Yeah, and
1: they've never been more than a three-point favorite. They've been a dog in two of them four games. New England's been favored in all four games. They were supposed to be 4-0, but they're not. They're 3-1.
2: So let me ask you this. You liked... You, you used the same approach last week, thinking, and it wasn't I love Denver, though I did like the fact that with the new coach, that being undefeated makes everyone excited. You know they have a hop in their step, coming to practice, watching film. That's why I liked it, though I like fading Dallas because they're a very marquee team. What, after this game,
0: what's your takeaway? Do you look at Denver any better after last week? Denver definitely, they're, they're better than I thought they were, but they're still not there. They had to come from behind against Dallas. Dallas gave the game away with turnovers that they had the game. They could have put Denver away early. I don't like Romo, and, and it's why it didn't make my paid card last week. You know, it wasn't an actual pick for me. It was a bet with me and you. So, you know, granted, uh, Count, I lost that a seems like a pick to me. So you bet
2: five hundred <laughs> you bet five hundred on games you don't like. Well, I wanna he's batting on the games he does.
0: <laughs> RJ, anytime I can get a chance to take your <laughs> money, that's that's entertaining. So
2: Denver is a little bit better than you thought last Denver week.
0: Denver was last week was their statement game. We've talked about that before no, with no, college no. football. This They're is the down. statement game. They lost 41-7 to this team
1: last now, year. Now let me make let me this is their Super Bowl. All right, let me make a quick point that. that. That backs New England a little bit here.
2: And this is interesting. New England has not played a team yet this year that had a loss. Every week that they played them, the team, or first week, clearly they're not going to have a loss. And every other week they've played an undefeated team, including this week. So clearly New England's had a tougher schedule. schedule. Sure. Now, on the flip side of that, the Washington Redskins, which is not pertinent but it's a flip side of this stat, they haven't played a team with a win yet. And look, <laughs> and look where so, they are. Including this week. And look So New England has played some tough teams. The Jets, I think, of even last week, they certainly weren't exposed by New Orleans. So New England's played. And Baltimore's Baltimore, you know, ESPN had them as the number one team. I agree with that. But what should this line be? Because if you're laying the three, in theory, you at least think it should be four and a half. Is that the, when you look at this game, you're thinking this New England team on the road should be four and a half,
1: which if you do a six-point flip, they'd be double digits which, in New England. Which you got to give a little more home field here for Denver because you got an East Coast team traveling out to the West. In this stadium, I give a little
0: more than three point edge to Denver. So it's not home. a big a factor for an East Coast team to no, travel no. west. as a West Coast team. Well, to travel no, but with. it's a so home field. Yeah. I
2: mean, we're
0: not talking about and that it,
1: altitude.
0: So I, I'm asking a specific question: Is what should they, What did you make this line? I made the line at four. Is what I put the line at for this game, for the the underfeed. In one thing, they did beat Baltimore last week, but it wasn't you know no walk in the park. I mean they. Baltimore was there at the end of the game. New England had to have a fourth quarter. You know they were in so the red zone what, what, what at the end of the game. What point is that making? Well, you're you're saying that it looks so easy for New England that it's a square play to only be laying three and a half. You know, well, to three. three, they just got to win.
2: Well, no, because at three you're gonna fall and put. I mean, and three push. is a key yeah, number. Yeah. So, I mean, at two and a half, you can It ain't say going can, down Yeah, You, you can just look to win. No, I, I'm just saying, you made the number four. I made the number if four. If you're able to lay three and you think it's four, that's valid. I do think that's a good point, though, the idea that this is a square. I mean, what, is it a square play? Because is this undefeated Denver team
1: more of a better's darling no. right now? They're 4-0 no ATS, and ain't nobody cashed four tickets on this team. So ain't Nobody the, believes in this team, man. Last week, everybody's on Dallas. This week, they're all going to be on New England.
2: Now, it's an interesting point is you say the line is four. In your mind, we're laying three, and that's worth a bet because three is such a key number. Number, If you can lay three when you're supposed to be laying four, you're going to win about 55% of the time. Any closing thoughts? I'm taking New England minus
1: the points. And Do you guys want to bat? This is a pick I'm at worst. I'll take them at a pick. I don't need three. This is a pick em game. Wait That's a minute. So you're saying... What? Yeah, Denver's going to be 5-0 and 0 after this game. All right, how much are we batting? You do. All right. You want to, you want to go? You want to go? Let's go. How much? About? Five hundred. Months? Yeah, going, Nick. I'll take okay, No All right, money we'll Line Price, you're a good
2: friend. All right. You know what I love? I love no Bonnie Line. I'm I love gambling. we're hearing both sides because no game is easy, and there's always two sides to it. The question is who's got that extra point and a half? And you're saying, hey, I'll points. give you three
1: points. <laughs> Old school. All right.
2: <laughs> good stuff. Okay. Next up is going to be segment four, in which we're breaking down the Sunday night game, indian Tennessee. Welcome to a sports betting podcast from pregame.com for the week of October 8, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Vegas Runner, a genuine better here in Vegas, and Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business. This is segment four or five. We're breaking down the Sunday night game, Indianapolis and Tennessee. Okay, first up, line report. Tell All us right. about this game, how it opened, etc.
1: This line opened everywhere. 3 and 46. Obviously, Indianapolis minus 3 and 46. Uh, since that time, we've seen the Colts get the money, and we're looking at 3.5 all the way to minus 4, anywhere between them two numbers. It don't take uh, pretty easy to know which way this line's going to go, only one direction. So, right now, it, it, on taping on Wednesday, the line is 3.5? 3.5 or 4s, you, you know, anywhere between them two numbers. Okay,
2: now this is interesting. In the prior segment, we talked about Indy, or oh, excuse me, New England and Denver, and so we have a New England team which is playing. I think you would say uh, not as well as Indianapolis, right? On a neutral field, Indy's the favorite right now, right? I yes. Guess. Right. And you got Denver, who clearly would be a favorite. Marco just started smiling. Oh, you know, just, there's this, a heck of, a, a, heck of a point here. Yeah, yeah, there's a heck of a point coming here. All right, so let's hear this one. But I'll lay the point out first. Is now, you got Denver, clearly would be a favorite. Again. Well, you would think against Tennessee on the neutral, right? Yeah. All right. So, but New England is laying three to Denver, but in Indy's laying, you know, opened up a three at Tennessee. So, you, if you like New England, wouldn't you have to love Indianapolis? Let's ask Marco.
0: This is the whole point. And what I do in the previous segment, I got called Square. And remember, guys, you can watch all of our segments at pregame.tv, but go ahead. A lot of times when I handicap games, when there's games that are similar in nature, line-wise, and the teams that are playing, you look at them, and similar here is you have New England as a road favorite and Indianapolis as a road favorite. I set the two side-by-side and say, if I'm John Q. Public betting, which one is easier to take? And Indianapolis is absolutely the easier play to make at the two lines that you have on Sunday. Well, that's the- why
1: you got to lay four with them, though. It's a big difference between three with New England and four with Indiana. Yeah, that's a good point. On the road,
2: if you compared the open, now let's think about when the oddsmakers came out. They right. came out.
0: These games were three on Indy. Well,
2: actually, it's the opposite. They came out New England higher. three and a half, higher, and Indy at three. Right.
0: And now it's flipped. I, you know, this is a game. Tennessee's zero and four. They're an absolute train wreck. This is their season. It's national TV. Nobody likes to be embarrassed. This is their season, Tennessee. Tennessee, their season's over.
1: Well, yeah, after week two and three, that was. Well,
2: I mean, much. The, no team in history has ever started on four at the playoffs,
0: right? What about San Diego Chargers last year? They did. Yeah, they were on. Were they four? the first? I don't know. They were the first remember. to make the playoffs. Well, they they the were season. eight
2: and eight in the division. I, which, right? Thanks for the correction there. I you know, I guess I've been saying that so long. long no gap, yeah, forever. forever. No <laughs> team, but. Well, wait. Let me ask you this: what, What's the what would I have to lay you in order for you to bet Tennessee is going to make the playoffs? Well, they're not. Would gonna, you take
0: it a hundred to one? No, because they're right. not. They're not. So, gonna make so it. how
2: is isn't their season up? Well, over?
0: the fact that it's a division game, it's their their biggest rival, Indianapolis. It's on national TV. Stranger things happen, and when you get into it, <laughs> that's the bet we're betting because it might be a crazy event. Uh, well, Who do you like here? Do you have an even a slight opinion? Right now, I'm leaning to uh, Tennessee in the game.
2: <laughs> Now it's the right thing way about the Marco game. is, and you guys listen. Last week. He had the Browns on his free pick. This guy, I gotta tell you, it's funny because it's easy to
1: make fun of him because he always <laughs> takes No, it is because you take the team that's the hardest. You have to yeah, hold well, your it's nose. Tough. And I say that sometime on the phone line. I know guys you're gonna have trouble walking to the line if you gotta make if you're bent this at a window. You have to hold your there nose to make yeah. most
2: of his picks. And you know something? All joking aside, that's why you're one of the most winning cappers, cappers. in his exactly. history. I mean, exactly. literally. Is no one, or I don't think anyone can match the 30 year record here. But the fact is, how do we debate and find the point where, not the point, but the, but, but the perspective in which sometimes a stinky team is stinky for a reason? And I look at this Tennessee and I think it's one thing if everyone said they're a piece of crap and all of a sudden they're getting eight points. But it's like, what would this line have been if this game had happened in Week One?
1: What would it have been? It would have exactly. been about Pitt, right? Exactly. Because exactly. Indy and Pittsburgh, Tennessee might have even been favored last year in Tennessee. Tennessee was minus four. Yeah, but against India Colds But what I'm saying is,
2: Indy's, are, uh, But but what I'm saying is, based upon Indy being maybe the best team in football so far. Right. Tennessee not winning a game, and the Lions only move three points? And
1: Indy's covered three or four oh, three. games, so they're covering on top. I mean, where's top, the value? Winning, I, love, I love
2: holding
0: your nose, <laughs> except you've got to get value when you hold your nose. Where's the value? Well, what you have when you've got a dangerous 0-14. Now, when I say dangerous, <laughs> no. what you have in it, they don't have anything like 200 to lose. a 200-pound model. <laughs> they don't have anything to lose. They can go on fourth and twos. They can go. Is they that an advantage? It can be. It then can backfire. It can backfire back- and turn too. ugly. Yeah, it can turn <laughs> ugly. But those kind of plays can extend drives. But couldn't we talk about the Rams? Couldn't we talk about
2: uh, the the Detroit line? I mean, every bad team falls into that, but I mean,
0: we don't blindly bet those teams. You don't blindly, but you you do pick your spots. And national TV games against division rivals is a home dog, uh, is where teams will, you know, play above their heads if they're going to play above their heads.
1: I got to agree, honestly. It's tough to take Tennessee, but I think this line's going to go to four and a half because it is a Sunday night game, and we've been seeing them Sunday night and Monday night games, the bookmakers not being afraid to move them at all when money comes in. And I think we're going to see this one move as well. And as the line goes up, I do think there is value in Tennessee, because I think this is the kind of game the Colts just want to get out of there with a win. Um, yeah, they've they've blown teams out. They scored 30-plus in back-to-back games. You get a little too overconfident, and I think that's, right, that's so- the only danger here for the Colts.
2: So I have I have one – let's slow it down because I want to make a deeper point, and then I'm going to ask Marco a question and uh, how it applies here versus college football. Is The fact of the matter is that we have a Tennessee team in which – why, let, let me ask the question first, because it, it, it's just screaming at me as I look at my notes here. Is this team's disappointed? We talk in college all the time. Is Whatever the goal for a team is, when they fail to meet that goal, is they emotionally have trouble the next, next week game. or two yeah, absolutely. because their goal's gone. It doesn't matter how well they play. No matter how well Tennessee plays this week, they're not going to make the playoffs. Isn't there an emotional factor to that? That might not be there in a couple weeks when they get used to that fact, but this is, even last week, they were playing for their lives. This week, they're really playing
1: for only pride. Isn't there an emotional element to that? Because it's the Colts, I think we will get an A game from them. I think if it was Cincinnati coming in or, or a team like that, I think we would be in for a letdown, even if it is on national TV. I think being the Colts, getting a chance to prove yourself against a 4 0 team who many are saying, are the best in the AFC. I think if this team has any talent, um, then they should cover this game, if they are do have talent. Because let's not forget, the odds makers are, are not try, adjusting this team enough. People say there's no such thing as a trap game. And if that's the truth and there's no such thing as, as a trap game, then this line shouldn't have came out as a field goal. So the only explanation for that is the odds makers refuse well, to adjust the, on Tennessee. The point Marco made a couple of weeks ago was that they're very slow to adjust, that a
2: team they expected to be right, good right. not playing well. And that's why sometimes teams like this
0: end up 4-12 and 12 ATS. They would... You know, again, not to belabor the point, but if this game was just on the regular Sunday card, just with the rest of the schedule, I would not even be looking at the Tennessee Tennessee side at all. It's the fact that it's a TV game; you have to handicap the game totally different. There's a totally different emotional level. The crowd is at a different level. It's a night game. Are they going to be there? Maybe a little cold (laughs) because it's the Colts. Yes.
2: All right. Okay. Let me make a quick last point here. Is VR, you're doing an amazing work at pre-game blogs on line moves, we talked about you. that. One of the concepts you've brought out to me is when you see a line move in the direction that you know the public is gonna be batting, then it's the wise guys potentially taking a position saying, we're going to get it early, so they got it at three, and maybe we're going to buy back at four-and-a-half yeah. or whatever. When you look at this game, does it look like a position that's causing this early line move where they're going to actually keep their bets, or are they looking to set up an arbitrage?
1: This would be strictly to set up an arbitrage, knowing Sunday night game, national TV, bailout game, public's going to come uh, in We're up against Indianapolis.
2: Okay. That's segment four. Segment five, we're going to be previewing the Monday night game. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. All right, in five, four, three. Welcome to a sports betting podcast from pregame.com for the week of October 8, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, a professional better here in Vegas. Okay, this is segment five of five, the Monday Night Preview, Jets-Dolphins.
1: As always, Vegas runner, give us the line report on the game. Okay, Uh, first place it opened up offshore was at Chris. They opened the Jets up minus two and a half as a road favorite. Um, Obviously, the Wise Guys thought Jets should be a one. Um, and they bet it down to minus one. That's where it opened everywhere, and that's where it stayed. So that looks to be the correct. So when you number. say opened everywhere. Chris put the first number up. Anyone can bet that number, though, right? Correct. correct. I could bet twenty bucks on that. Sure. If, I wanted I if you could beat them to the number, no- absolutely. And, and they're known
2: to open the and uh, they're known to be the first to open the number. Correct. And you can check out actually, Chris. If you go to pregameaction.com, there's special deals associated with, with Chris, Chris there. But um, actually, Chris has an American counterpart called bookmaker and
1: that's what it is um at pregame action but go ahead and uh that yeah they opened it up two and a half and 38 since then we've seen the total come down to 36 pretty rare for a monday night game um so now that's what we're looking at jets is a one point road favorite and the total of 36. okay so marco which if there was one
2: factor the handicappers out there should consider on this game what would it be
0: Uh, The fact that the Jets last week held New Orleans to 24 points, the most prolific offense in the NFL this year, and when you look at that deeper and inside the line, you're going to find out that the New Orleans scored 14 points on two plays. They had a 99-yard interception return in that game, and they had a fumble recovery in the end zone that accounted for 14 of those 24 points. So the Jet defense is for real. So they gave up 14 points. Absolutely, yes.
1: And they are. their top five. Oh, wait in, a
0: saying They would have gave up 10. You're saying it was 14. They, they used, gave up a 99-yard interception mm, return. And a fumble in the end zone. Fumble in That's 14 and, points.
2: Of the 24. So only 10 points the defense gave up. Right. Uh-huh. To the Saints. All right. So what you're t- saying is the key factor is the Jets' D kicks
1: butt. Yes. All right. So... What is the key factor in your mind? Uh, who's going to have success doing what they do best. Um, if I, As a handicapper, that's what I'm looking at. Because uh, Marco hit it right on the head, Jets are winning with defense and nothing else. Sanchez is getting all the glory, but they're 27th in the league in passing yards, so they're not getting it done through the air. It's all being done defensively and running the ball, ninth and running. Um, And that's what I'm going to look at. Who's going to have success? Because Miami's weakness is against the pass, but they're great against the run. So they're going to force Sanchez to have to beat them. On the flip side, Miami's strength is their running game, and that's where the defense of the Jets have a little more problem. You can't throw against the Jets, but you could definitely have some success running, and that's where I think this game is going to break down. Who's able to beat the other on the ground? And so maybe the over here is if, if the Miami,
2: but again, when Miami has those eight minute drives, exactly. it doesn't lend itself towards the over very much. And you would typically think, oh, if it's going to be a, a game of not a lot of possessions, you want to take the dog, but we almost have a pick'em here. So this is interesting. I just uh, – I'm sorry to jump in, Marco, but I just look at this and, and I'm looking at the games we previewed earlier and I'm thinking New England at Denver and Signing. and we're laying – Well, yeah, but we're <laughs> laying three, three and a half. Or it was three and a half, now it's three. And now we have India, Tennessee, and it's three and a half or four. Now we have the Jets at Miami. So we're saying that relatively the Jets are the, the least favored Road team in that spot. And they're three and one. Uh, Yeah, I mean, some people think Jets are a top five team. Well, let me ask you this on a neutral field, how would you rank New England, Indianapolis, Jets?
0: Marco Stark. Jets would be the third of the three. That's the third of the three by much? Um, You've got to make it. I would put Indianapolis right now on top. Uh I would put New England maybe a point behind. So what's the Indy Jets on a neutral? Indy Jets on a neutral, you're going to have to make Indy at least three. What do you think? Oh, on a neutral, yeah, I'd make Indy two, about two,
1: one and a half two. I don't think. So you're that saying
2: much. it's close. Yeah. All right. So now the question is, what would you make Tennessee and Miami on a neutral? As bad as they both look, a pick them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, so I, it just doesn't make sense if Indian Jets are close, Miami and Tennessee are, let's say, even, then. The difference in the line. There's a three-point difference in the line between the Jets minus one and Indy minus four. Oh, yeah.
1: Why isn't it here?
2: It, it, it feels like that if I'm just glances at this, you got to like the Jets here. But every week I've thought the Jets line has looked good since
1: week one. And that's what's strange. They're, but they're three and one against the spread, so they have been doing well against the line. And they own Miami. They've won five of the last six in the series. And the last three times they traveled to Miami, they won the game straight up. So history is on the side of the Jets this year. Year is on the side of the Jets. Everything. If you is. want to
0: go back even further, VR, the Jets' last 17 trips into Miami, they're 13 and four against the Spurs. So you being the contrarian, is this a contrarian play? Well, one thing Miami. that we haven't talked about yet in this game, and we talked in an earlier segment about the injured player theory, and this is the injured player theory to the T. Miami last week made you know they lost Pennington for the year. They knew he was out. They started Chad Henney, and it was a situation where I had Miami last week as my top NFL play, and they blew out Buffalo. They got that you know statement win, losing their star player. Now Normally this would be an auto-fade for me this to week to go, to go against Miami, but you've got a, you know a situation that's different. You're playing a division game, again, on national TV. Sometimes these teams will have that second carryover game because they're not going to have that letdown. The carryover
2: of the injury, where well, typically in week two you have a drop-off. Here's my question, though, is the, the the wise guys, we talked about this and the fact you're doing at pregame blogs, and you can just go to pregame.com and click blogs. You're doing line move analysis, which is really great, we keep saying that, but it's true, is if... The wise guys early in the week are betting a public team, a team that you think the public's going to be on. They might often be setting up for a middle later. They get that line moving, people follow it, then they buy back. Here, they're betting against a public team, and it's a double whammy because the line was at two and a half. If they wanted Miami, you think they would have given it a chance for the line to go to three. They said, We got to take two
1: and a half. Because it's so wrong. It's so wrong, which is meaning they love Miami. They love the Miami here. that's the, my exact take, that was going to be my conclusion, that if you love following wise guy money, you love following steam, sharp play, this is a sharp it's play. It's an anti-public play it is. that was it a is. half point from a key number and they still back. It is. It absolutely is.
2: All right, Marco, every week in the podcast we give away a $10
0: coupon. Let's do it. Well, you know, in an earlier segment, we had uh, we gave somebody some money. I think that guy's name was RJ, <laughs> and I think he was very lucky to get it. So this week's coupon is lucky RJ.
2: I've been lucky my whole life. I guess charmed,
0: especially right. the day you hired me. Charmed. All right. So
2: let's get this straight. You go to pregamepros.com. That's where all the, the premium picks are. You buy anything you want, and it can be up, you know, as much money as you, you want, want or
0: as least as you want. You go to the cu- you go to the shopping cart and put in the coupon. Lucky RJ, all one word, and you'll get ten dollars off anything you buy. The coupon's good through Monday. And the thing is. If you buy something for $10 or less, it's free on RJ. It's free. Well, we want to show you that we're doing
2: some good stuff and want to give you a chance to check it out, either at a discount or at no charge. Okay, so we
1: have one minute. Last thought we haven't touched on on this Monday night game. Uh, just that the, the, I think the Jets got a reality check last week. They they found out they're just not as good as as people were telling them they are. They ran into the best or team they in the though, NFC except for those
2: turnovers. Yeah,
1: they, they put you up ten the, points the, against t- the Saints, who've been allowing some points. But they, the if if Saints look, at look at like they,
0: they look like the Steeler defense of the seventies okay. team. Okay, if you look at it that way, yeah. But if you, take the tu- if you take the two turnovers away and say they played the, the, the darling general, of the NFL, right? 10, right. 10.
2: defense. Just, hold on, the host is talking. Is <laughs> One-word answer is are the Jets better this week in your mind than they were last week? Have they gone up, down, or stayed the same? I, their
0: defense has impressed me more. I think they're a better team than I thought they were. All right, we're going to leave it at that.
2: Okay, guys, this was this week's podcast. Remember, you can watch all of our videos at pregame.tv or if you want to download and listen, you just go to iTunes, search for pregame.com. See you next week.